Just before we start, um, just on the one day giving, just a quick update. Uh, we've, it, we took a one day giving up last week. They're taking it up in Elliston as we speak. Well, soon. They start at 11. But yeah, they're going to take out the one day offering at Elliston this morning. So um, we're, we're sitting, we've just um, surpassed 6,000. And uh, it's, still, it's still going up. So uh, if you weren't here last week and you wanted to give in to the one day offering for missionaries, for uh, Australian missionaries who are uh, working in other countries, then there's still opportunity. There's still envelopes um, up the front near the door there, so you can grab one of them and you can still contribute to that, and then we'll give the final figure uh, next week of what we'll, we'll be able to, to send off to those guys, so that's great. Um, yeah. Just going to, if you want to turn to Mark, if you've got a Bible or a phone or whatever, if you go to Mark chapter 4, 35 to 41. And if you, if you read through uh, the book of Mark uh, up until this point, you'll see that Jesus and his disciples have been doing incredible works. Jesus has been um, very present and active in all that they're doing. They're seeing miracles, they're seeing uh, stuff happening, it, you know, a couple of the things, a demon-possessed man who, who starts shouting at them loudly is delivered. Simon's mother-in-law is sick and immediately healed and is able to serve them a meal. Jesus is, healing all the, Jesus is healing all the sick and demon-possessed people brought to them. Jesus rebukes the Pharisees who are coming against them. He steps in to defend the disciples when the Pharisees accuse them of not fasting like them. And again, when they pick grain on the Sabbath day of rest, when his natural family want to take him for themselves, he sticks with his, his disciples and calls them brothers and sisters who follows him. He explains a, par a parable to them when they are confused and don't understand. So Jesus is doing these incredible things and, and powerful activity. And he's, he's awake and alert to their circumstances and to what is happening around them. And then we come, and he's quick to respond. He's quick to respond and sort out the issues that they were facing. There was a time when they couldn't find him in the morning, and that's another story. But and they went to look for him, they couldn't find him because he'd got up early to pray, but that's another um, thing. And he, but he's, he's been quick to respond and sort out the, all the issues that, came, that they faced. And then we come to this, this point uh, in Mark 4, 35 to 41. It says, That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him, and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. It rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? 
Even the wind and the waves obey him. What an inc- That's an amazing event. And um, this morning we'll, we're just going to going to get this going. That's all right. We don't have to do that. We can leave that. We're going to look at faith in a sleeping God. So it starts off here, and we're just going to go through what happened in this story. And Jesus says to his disciples at the start, he says, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So Jesus is saying to them, look, We're going to go from here to here. We're going to a new place. We're going from one place to another. And um, and he says, and you know, and in the same way to us, you know, where maybe we've been at a certain place for a while, but he's saying, let's go to a new place. Let's you've you've been operating in this same way for this long. Let's go to a new place. And, and he wants to, always to be taking us to a new place in him, even as a church and as, as us individually. And so for us, it's not necessarily a physical destination, but something that he wants to do in our lives and our hearts. And, and, and it's, and it's in that, but as they start to go, as he says this, it's getting dark and it's becoming evening, it's becoming night. And so the, the darkness is falling. It's a bit difficult to see. So he's made this call. He said, right, we're going to a new place. But the disciples are there and it's, it's, it's dark. It's evening. It's getting a bit hard to see things. They've got their torches, I'm sure, or their lamps or whatever they had. But they're finding it a bit difficult to see Jesus. They're, he's, he's still around us here. But it's getting a little bit difficult to see at this time. And then they jump into the boat and they go on and the boat is like Jesus has come to this new place and then suddenly they find themselves out on this boat. They're, they've off this, off this rock solid land and they're out on, have you ever stepped in a little boat like a little canoe and you get in and it's like you're trying to get your balance because it's, it's unstable. There's that, there's that unsurety about where you're going because you're stepping out into something different. You're stepping out into a new place. And I'm sure they had a bigger boat than a canoe because there's a lot of them, but it, water isn't a solid substance. It's, there's movement there. It, it, it doesn't feel as solid as when you were sitting where you were and secure in, in that place where you were. And... And so they, they get in this boat and then they start to chart out across to the other side. And as we know, this huge storm starts to, starts to brew up. And the disciples, you know, a couple of the, some of these guys are seasoned fishermen. They're, they're great with boats. I'm sure they've been out in, in storms. But this must have been a big storm. This wasn't just a bit of a you know, a few waves like this. This was, it says the waves were swamping the boat. There was just this gale just blew up. It was wind, it was raining. 
there was the water starts gushing in the side and, and, the, and the disciples are starting to freak out. They're starting to, they, they are really starting to lose it because they, they think they're going to die, basically. It, it's not just a little, little squall, it's a fierce squall. And, and a similar thing can happen sometimes when Jesus is taking us to a new place. This, this fierce squall comes up in our life. This big storm hits us. And we think, what on earth is going on? And, and we start to feel like we're getting swamped with our circumstances and our situations. They're swamping our boat. And, and we're trying to bail out. And, you know, while they're doing this, it doesn't say this, but I reckon they would have been calling out to Jesus. But just the noise of the wind and the rain and that, it, you know, he couldn't hear. I'm sure they were up, up the stern ones out with his with the bucket, dishing out water, someone's clinging onto the, the whatever they're steering with, to trying to get where they're going, and the, if the sails are probably half broken, and if, Jesus, help us, Jesus, Jesus, but you know, it's raining, it's loud, it's noisy, and, and Jesus, as we know, is, a, is asleep on, on a cushion in the boat. That, that to me is... Incredible that Jesus is asleep. How, how could he possibly be asleep in this boat that's just... I don't think he was pretending to be asleep either. He was actually asleep. It was, he'd probably had a... It, his, I'm, I'm just sure he was exhausted. Just the amount of ministry he's doing with people and healing... He was just totally exhausted. And he's just sleeping during this huge event. And he's asleep in there, and it's 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 incredible. And and it can be like that with us at times, when we we're in that place where this storm comes and it tries to swamp us. It tries to swamp our life. These circumstances come, and we can be crying, we're calling out to Jesus, Jesus, where are you? Help help me in this. And it, but he's unresponsive. He's totally unresponsive. And you think, this doesn't make sense. I suppose, uh, I, I hear everybody tells me about how Jesus just immediately reacts to, to all of my issues and problems and deals with stuff at every stage of my life. And he does. But there are certain times, there's certain times in our life when he doesn't respond. He doesn't respond. And there's a bit of a uh, uh, elaboration of this, I suppose, in the Psalms. It's Psalm 44, 1 to 6. We're going to read through the whole thing, so make yourself, com- make yourself comfortable because it's fairly long. But listen to this. We have heard with our ears, oh God, Our fathers have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our fathers. You crushed the peoples and made our fathers flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. 
Through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not give me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. And then it goes on. But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbours, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The people shake their head at us. My disgrace is before me all day long. My face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach me and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this happened to us, though we had not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals and covered us with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God, or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, O Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us, redeem us because of your unfailing love. What an incredible psalm. And it's a exact, basically a picture of what they're going through at this time. And you know what? One of the hardest things is when you know that God is powerful and able to do anything. You've, you know that in your heart. You know that he, could, he can do anything he wants. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. He can get you out of your situation just by thinking about it he's he's that powerful and that's what that's what this the in the psalm they're saying here that's why it's so hard for them because they're saying we know what you can do why aren't you doing it why are you letting this happen why are you acting and 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 fixing this and you know it's it's something that we every christian has to go through at, at different stages in their life. Nobody is, is um, exempt from it. It's just a part of the Christian walk. There's times when Jesus is incredibly active in our lives and dealing with things, bang, answering our prayers, left, right and centre. But then there's times when it's like he's asleep, like he is for the disciples at this time. And there's times when we're going through trouble and hardship and affliction and it is and he's not answering we think why this doesn't make sense this shouldn't be the plan and it says further down it says uh in that psalm it says we hadn't it wasn't like we had forsaken god so the the this the sin wasn't the issue in their life and if you look at job he had these a massive storm hit Job. And it wasn't because of anything Job had done wrong. Because he was a blameless man. That's what the Bible says. 
he hadn't done anything wrong, but this, this thing just hit him. And, and, you know, sometimes it just hits us. And it's not necessarily because you've done anything wrong. I mean, sin pays its wage. It just does. It, it's just something that is set in place. But sometimes these things just happen. And we can think, well, maybe it was because I, th- I thought a judgmental, bit of a judgmental thought to that person at church the other day. Or you think, oh, I had that opportunity to witness and I didn't do it. Or, or you, you try and come up with these, in our minds we think, oh, it's because of this issue or that issue. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just what happens in a Christian's life. And, and often there's no real answer to the question. The answer Job got was, at the end, as we all know, was basically, I am God. I know what I'm doing. That, that's basically the answer Job got, and that's often what we get. Um, but if you look in this psalm, it says in, um, about, we, sh- we sh- considered a sheep to be slaughtered. And if you go into, if you look at Romans 8.36, uh, it says that exact same, taken exactly out of that psalm, it says, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. So, well, that, that doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Like, imagine if that's your drawing for people to give their life to Jesus. Come and be like a sheep ready to be slaughtered. Oh, great. That sounds like fun. Let's do that. But it, it's just a part of what it means to follow Jesus and it's for his sake that it that it happens we don't understand it we 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 won't this side of eternity we just won't fully understand but it's for Jesus sake for the sake of God's plan being outworked in your life and in the world and in this God will bring about a great result in the end we can be sure of that in James 5 11 it says as you know we consider blessed those who have persevered You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. There's something going on in the background that we don't fully understand. We just have to trust God in it. And in in Romans, it says, um, just before that verse where it says we're considered sheep to be sorted, it says "What, what or who, what can separate us from the love of God? Will, will anything separate us from the love of God? And it says, it says no. And then afterward it says we are more than conquerors. After that verse in Romans, it says despite this, we are more than conquerors. So in these, in these times, it, God hasn't called us to just be, remain in affliction and oppressed and in difficulty He's called us to be more than overcomers. But to be an overcomer, you have to have things to overcome. Don't you? Or if you've got nothing to overcome, how can you be an overcomer? So as we overcome in these things, it develops something, it develops us more in, to be more like Jesus. And it goes, 
here in, in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 9, it says, We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd, we felt like we'd been sent to death row, and it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the one, God who raises the dead. Yeah. So they, they had all these trials. All it did was just make them trust in God more. And sometimes the enemy can come with all these floods and storms and he thinks, I'm going to take them out. It's going to be the end for them. But all he does is just, we just get on our knees more and just say, God, I'll just rely on you more. And, 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 he, and it, turns, it turns it on his head. What he means for evil turns out for good in, in our lives and for the people around us. And so the disciples, are, they're freaking out at this time and they wake up Jesus. And some, I don't know if you've been really like fully dead asleep, but sometimes people, people can't wake you up. It's really difficult to be woken up. I remember a time when I was a teenager and I was uh, staying at someone's house and I was just asleep, like totally asleep. And my friend was, had come uh, from somewhere, I don't know where he'd been, um, it was before I was a Christian, I think he was at a party or something, he'd come and he wanted my help. And he said, he told me this the next day, he said he, lit, he came into, he knocked on the window and he yelled out and I didn't respond. He came into the house and he said, Michael, Michael, he yelled at me. And I didn't respond at all. And he told me this the next day. I thought, you didn't, you, you didn't do that. Like, it wasn't that loud, was it? He said, yeah, I was desperate. I was yelling at you. You didn't wake up. And, and I think that's how hard it was to get Jesus awake at this time. And so they, go, and they end up calling out, calling out. He hasn't responded. So they, they send someone down, hey, I don't know, Peter, get, get, go get him, get, wake him up. And so Peter shakes him, Jesus, wake up. And he, and he comes, he's awake. And he's like, what? And then, I was enjoying my sleep. No. He says, and he says, they say, don't you care? We're going to drown. Isn't that interesting? Jesus has said, to them earlier, guys, we're going to the other side of the lake here. And this storm comes up and suddenly this fear just grips their heart. This, this um, unbelief, I suppose, just grips their heart. And they don't really, you can see they're, difficult, they're not really sure of Jesus yet. They don't really know because they say, don't you care? We're going to drown. What, what is happening around them, their circumstances and situation, is what's in their heart. There's this turmoil all around and it's also gotten inside of them. It's gotten in their heart and they're just churned up. They're anxious, they're freaked out, they think they're going to die. And they're believing two things that aren't true for them. They... 
They were believing that they were not going to make it and that God doesn't care. That's what they were believing as this storm hit, that they're not going to make it and God doesn't care. But the fact is that the opposite was true. And we can think the same thing. We think, I'm not going to get through this and God doesn't care about me. If God cared, why doesn't he intervene? Why doesn't he respond? Why doesn't he help? And we come to this wrong conclusion that it's because he doesn't care. But he does care. And and we come to this and we think, this is going to overwhelm me. I'm not going to get through this. And we come to that conclusion. But the fact is that you will get through it. You are going to get through it. So they don't, you know, they believe those lies and it creates fear and turmoil. And, and we can't believe those lies or otherwise, you, you, you may be in a storm right now today and you, you're experiencing those things or you may ha- it may happen in the future. But uh, our faith, if our faith uh, rises up in Jesus, we can steal that as soon as it starts and just say, no, this, this, I'm not going there. I'm going I'm to trust in God through this. I'm not going to let that overtake me, overtake my mind and my heart. I'm just not going to do it. And so Jesus gets up and he, he, um, he gets up and he gets out of the stern wherever he was sleeping and he, and he comes out and he rebukes the, the, the wind and he rebukes the storm. And he says, quiet, be still. And, and all of a sudden, this massive tornado, this wind and gushing rain just goes completely flat. Like, like the other day out in the bay when it was just, it was not a zephyr of wind and it was just flat. It's perfectly calm, just in an instant. Just stopped. And the disciples are going, Wow. And, and suddenly they've got this, the peace is restored in their heart and life. And that is an amazing thing that Jesus does for them. And he does it because he's, he's concerned. He can see the state they're in. He can see they've, they're, they're losing it. He can see that they're in a bad way. And so in his mercy, he steals this ocean for them. And, you know, I've... I've done that in my own life and I'm sure you have where a certain situation or something is, is coming at you and you're just so desperate. There's just something has gripped your heart, anxiety, stress, worry and you just cry out to Jesus, Jesus, get me out of this. And he's not responding but you just force him to wake up. Jesus! And, and, and you just get to that desperate point and he comes and he, and he changes the circumstance and situation for you. And you think, wow, that is... That's incredible and we praise God and we thank God and we should because he is an incredible God in those times. But I just want to put it to us all that though that was amazing, Jesus says to them, Jesus actually corrects them. He actually speaks into their life and he says, why why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And so there was, it was an incredible thing that Jesus did, but there was, a, there was something else that would have been even better. 
it would have been even better if the disciples, during this overwhelming storm, had, I don't don't know, there's, there's a few options. Maybe they could have just started thanking God. Think, oh, that's, don't be ridiculous. But maybe they could have. Or maybe they could have grabbed a pillow and went down in the stern and, and had a bit of a kip. Or, or you know, maybe they, maybe they could have, maybe they still had to bail out a bit of water, but maybe they could have been singing a song, you know, Planet Shakers or whatever, just, hey. You think, that's, that's ridiculous, Michael. It's only natural that they would, would be filled with fear and anxiousness. And that's the exact point. It is only natural. But Jesus is calling us to be above the natural or, or over the natural so that people look at our life and they think, my goodness, that's in your life and you're still happy. You're still going to church. I mean, it's difficult, yes, but you're still praising God. You're still, you're still positive. You still have hope. What, what's going on? And that would have, if they'd have done that, imagine if they, I reckon Jesus would have rebuked the storm anyway when he got up. But imagine if they'd said, if they'd done that, and Jesus would have got up and said, as he does at a couple of times, a year of great faith. I've never seen such faith in all of Israel or something like this. He would have said, that's, that's awesome, that's wonderful, that you trusted in me and in my word, that I'd get you through, that I love you and care about you, that you didn't have to worry and fret. And he would have said, that's wonderful, that's awesome. And that's what, that's a point, I suppose a point or a development in our faith that he wants us all to get to. To get to that place where when something big hits us, in our heart it's still still. There's still that stillness. Because that's what Jesus had. Even when it was tumultuous, even when the boat was getting swamped and they were going under. He still had that stillness in his heart. And that's where he wants us to get in those times, to have that stillness where we can trust in God and trust in his word about what he says about us and about where we're going to go because he has a plan for us. And so Jesus changes the circumstances, stances for them and, and their internal peace was restored but it was because the stormy situation in their life was stilled around them. But Jesus wants them to get and us to get to the place where we have that internal rest and peace in God regardless of what may be squalling around about us. He wants us to get to the same place. If we could get the music team uh, to come up. And at the... And after this has all happened, we see the disciples astounded and amazed at Jesus. And they say, even the wind and the waves obey him. And the fact is that we, we need to believe that deep in our heart, that even the wind and the waves obey him. No matter what is happening, he has ultimately has power and control over that situation he ultimately does 
And he, as, as we're going from one place to another, he wants us to learn, learn that lesson. And it's not always easy to learn, but to learn that lesson. So that when, when we get to that place, when the storm hits and we can be confident in God, in his word, where he's called us to go, what he's called us to do, and not step back from it, then he can see in us, I suppose, a point of maturity in our faith, a point where our faith has developed from do you still have no faith to you of great faith. And I don't, want to, I don't know about you, but I want to be someone that Jesus says, oh, you of great faith. I've been plenty of times when I've been in the storm and just cried out desperately to God, but I don't want to live there. I want to be a, a somebody that says, that he says, oh, you of great faith. You're trusting in me. You believe that I care for you, love you, that I have planned for your life. I'm taking you where you need to go. And that's where I'm going to take you, no matter what. In Psalm 46, 7 to 11. Why don't we all uh, stand this morning? Psalm 46, 7 to 11. It says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, Jesus was never gone from the disciples. He'd never left them at all. He was in the boat the whole time. And, and you know, when we're going through those times and things issues we think God Jesus is gone he's left us but the fact is that he's in the boat with us he's there with us he said he'll never leave us or forsake us he's in the boat maybe he's not responding as as we might want him to at that time but he's in the boat with us and he is the one who's who, who breaks the spears shatters burns the shields with fire ends the wars on the earth and he says, be still and know that I'm God. He's in your boat and he's in control of whatever's happening in your life. And um, this morning we're going to pray for people. If you, if you want prayer this morning, we're going to pray together. And we're going to believe that that, uh, that faith would develop in your heart. That faith would grow in your heart. That, that you could be a man or a woman of God who when storms come and where difficulties come, when we're led like a sheep to the slaughter for his sake, we can say, I'm going to overcome this. Jesus is going to overcome this. And so I don't have to worry. I can have peace in my heart. I can be still and know that he is God and that he's going to do an incredible work. So this morning, if you want prayer for, it could be that you're in a situation or that you just want that faith, then you're welcome to come forward this morning. Uh, we're going to sing through a song and um, we're going to pray together and we're going to believe for an incredible deposit to come into your heart. An incredible deposit that just faith is just birthed powerfully in your heart and that you don't turn back from that understanding and that knowledge that God loves you, He cares for you, you can trust in Him completely and totally 
and he's going to do what he's called you. You're going to do what he's called you to do because he's going to take you there and then nothing's going to stop it. So why don't you come forward this morning as we sing.